every day Baruch Hashem I try to do as much as I can to help people to learn more to do more and of course from time to time I'll make a mistake I'll do tshuva and start again like every other person or at least try to be now sometimes there's going to be mistakes that come under your belt that simply you never even thought it's a mistake in fact you thought you're right in fact you thought you're so right that you were annoyed that you're even questioned you're annoyed that you're even questioned and i'll give you an example last week i was invited to be on a radio show with uh, rabbi levine and uh to talk about the whole issue of uh the ephraim goldberg debacle and uh to to discuss it to bring it out and, and share the the warning across the board on this Ephraim Ephraim Goldberg and his missionary friends that he brings now Rav Levine asked me to say because perhaps some of his audience or even all of them don't know who I am perhaps to say spend a few minutes to talk about my personal story so the movie that I have that's uh, about my personal life that took an hour and a half to detail specific stories of my life of my chuva story and everything else to in essence summarize it into I don't know a handful of minutes three minutes or five minutes or whatever it was so okay no problem personally since I lived it and I continue to live it I don't necessarily like telling the story but I know it's entertaining and, and, and interesting for people and it's also a way for people to get to know me a little bit so I do it now I've said the personal story a bunch of times but typically when I say the personal story it's a full lecture for you know an hour and a half to three hours or more I don't usually tell the story in three minutes but either way I'm trying I have a goal what's my goal my goal is to say whatever version of the story is going to come out and then go and tell the real story what's the real story the danger that Klali Sale has because of this Ephraim Goldberg person so now um, I call into the show and I uh, talk and the uh, we do the uh, you know nice introductions and then I say my story now I say my story I say listen I was on Wall Street I did this I did that I then had a surgery that went wrong and uh, all hell broke loose and then I uh, fast forward that seven years and uh, you know I was looking for the truth throughout this time looking for a cure looking for a lot of things eventually I met my cousin Ephraim. I did Shuba and Baruch Hashem Hashem married us to open up this organization Bezrat Hashem which today we teach Torah I never thought I was going to be a rabbi ended up becoming a rabbi a uh, author uh, have a Kiruv organization and, and you know I thought I was going to be some rich guy that build yeshivot while making millions of dollars in the stock market but apparently Hashem had a different plan for me and that was in essence the introduction of three or four minutes in even less time okay now then I went into the story of what's happening with Ephraim Goldberg and I uh we did that part now the whole video I think was like 30 something minutes we had it we got it we publicized it and then somebody reaches out to me and says to me uh hey uh 
Rabbi, what happened uh, between you and uh, Rabbi Mizrahi? I said, what? What are you talking about? What do you mean what happened with me? Mizrahi? Nothing. I love Rabbi Mizrahi. It's one of the greatest influences of my life. What are you talking about? What happened between me and Rabbi Mizrahi? Oh, you didn't mention him. So what are you talking about? I didn't mention him. No, I just heard this story that you said about, you know, the, 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 the thing with the interview with Rabbi Levine and the, the show. And you said that, you know, you, you, you were Wall Street and you did this and then you, uh, you know, you did all this stuff and then you met your cousin, Rabbi Ephraim, and, 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 uh, and then you went through all the story. You're like, you never even mentioned Rabbi Zachary. So I figured, I don't know, maybe something happened between you guys. So no, chas v'shalom, nothing happened between Rabbi and Rabbi Zrachi. Anybody that knows, I have a whole movie about my personal story. Probably 10, 20% of the whole movie is, is, it has to do with Rabbi Mizrahi, if not more. Every single week, I mention Rabbi Mizrahi in my lectures. And I try to make, make sure I quote him. I give his, uh, his CDs. Uh, this, is, this CD is one of the CDs that saved my life. And I give it out, ten, thousands of copies of it over the years. What are you talking about that something happened? I said, oh, okay, okay, just making sure. I'm thinking to myself, what, are you t- what is this coming from? Why am I getting this kaparat avonot bothering me about this thing? Now it's making me feel bad. I mention them, not mention them. I think to myself, what, Rabbi Mizrahi needs this, this, this uh, kavod or something? What, is he looking for something for me? What does he care even? He doesn't, he won't. Obviously, if you go ask Rabbi Mizrahi, he's not going to care. So why are you bothering me about this? On the other hand, I'm thinking, wait, did I do something wrong here? Because obviously Hashem is sending something to me. For a reason. But then I'm thinking, no, why would I do something wrong? All I'm trying to do is help Am Yisrael. How could I be wrong? How could I be doing something wrong? All I'm doing is saying a story of my life that in the shortest possible version, just for the sake of getting to the real story. Who cares about my personal story? Someone wants to see my personal story, goes and watches a whole big production that we made about it, and over there, he's going to learn about Rabbi Mizrahi. He doesn't need to know about this now. He needs to know about Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg. And then I go back and forth in my mind. And I'm thinking, I did nothing wrong. This guy that's sending me this information, that's sending me this question, is just annoying. He's annoying. He's the Yetzara. Why? He's trying to make me think that Rabbi Mizrahi needs Kavod or something. Or Rabbi Mizrahi needs me to publicize him. He's more public, he's more famous than, uh, than, than I could ever be. And uh, you're making me think as if I need to do something. What? I, this is ridiculous. And I'm going back and forth in my mind and I'm battling this over and over again, but it won't come out. It just simply, I'm thinking, what is going on here? Baruch Hashem, I prayed. I prayed and I tried to figure out why is this even happening? Initially, I'm thinking, like, it's really not an important detail. Why is it not an important detail? Because it's not the point of the, of the video. The video is about uh, warning people, not my personal story in any way. If you want to know the full story, just go to the movie. That's the logic. That's the natural inclination. Woe to us on our natural inclination. Why? Baruch Hashem over Shabbat, praying, learning, started thinking about the whole thing again. And I said, wait a minute, as far as giving praise, technically, 
If you look at it, we have the entire prayer is praising Hashem. Entire prayer. You go to Nishmat Kol Chai, for example. I just open it here on Shabbat. Nishmat Kol Chai. The soul of every living person will bless your name. That Amenag Olamo Bechesed Biyotabirachamim. He guides his world with kindness. We call Hashem kind. We call Hashem blessed. We uh, we say he's arousing all the sleeping. He just gives us everything. And in essence, in every single paragraph of our entire prayer, not just on Shabbat, every day, all we're doing is praising Hashem. Hashem needs praise. If you said yes, you're not my student. Probably the first time you ever watching my show. Why? Because Hashem doesn't need anything. So why are we praising Him in every one of our prayers? Better yet, we have Parashat Shavua. Kadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu how unique He is. He tells Am Yisrael later on in the Torah that uh, nobody is ever going to be like Moshe Rabbeinu. Nobody ever was, nobody ever will be like Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is special. Does Moshe Rabbeinu need praise? Is Moshe Rabbeinu reading the Chumash that he's reading about himself? That when he sees it, he's going to get a good feeling in his stomach? If that's why you think Hashem put it in the Torah, we need to dig deeper. It's not the right answer. Hashem did not write in the Torah the praises on Moshe Rabbeinu, the praises on Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the praises on anybody that's of any value for their sake. Even though our natural inclination will tell us, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to say something good. I always ask my husband, say something nice. I like to hear some nice things. I like to hear a compliment. Okay, you may like to hear a compliment, and generally speaking, everybody likes to hear a compliment. But that's not the reason why we say it in prayer to Hashem. That's not the reason why there is verses in the Torah that are praising Hashem. That's not the reason why there's verses in the Torah that are praising the different forefathers that we have. That's not the reason. In fact, it's also not the reason why you're supposed to give praise to your loved ones, to people that are important to you, to people that you're grateful for. The praise is really not for them as much as it is for you. Praising Hashem is for your benefit. It's for our benefit. It's not for Hashem's benefit. When you praise Hashem, you're reminding yourself how great He is and thereby how many benefits He gives you. How merciful He is is not valuable unless you realize that that very same mercy is being applied to you. Where even though we all sin, Hashem doesn't punish us right away. That kindness that He has is not very valuable unless you understand that you're appraising His kindness because you realize that He's applying that kindness on you. The praise is a reminder for you to say thank you. 
the praise is a reminder for you to appreciate what you have for you to recognize what you have the praise of Moshe Rabbeinu and the rest of the sages and the rest of the uh, patriarchs matriarchs is a reminder for us where we come from and how special we are so thereby you'll appreciate it and protect it and not become one of the people that goes and becomes Christian like unfortunately almost 1.6 million Jews in America identify themselves as Christian do you know why because they never praised their Jewish part they never praised the God of Israel they thought that if there's a praise that praise has to come to themselves the problem is when we only focus on praising ourselves, we fail to recognize the greatness of everything else even more so when we fail to praise a Kadosh Baruch Hu, we also fail to recognize how much he's giving us to the point where we could even forget he exists and even fall into the trap of thinking he even doesn't when you're praising someone it's not for them to benefit from it it's for you to remind you that this is necessary it's a necessary trait to practice as often as possible in order for you to elevate yourself from being an animal to being a human that's the difference the praise of a kadosh Hu, the praise of righteous people the praise of good people the praise of your loved ones is for yourself much more than it is for anybody else and so long as a person thinks that I'm only going to give praise when I determine that they deserve it then guess what somehow your evil inclination will determine that no one but you deserves it and you'll be the stingiest person on planet earth when it comes to praises because you think that praising is only something that's supposed to be done on significant things significant being determined by you where if somebody makes you a coffee or somebody opens the door for you or somebody simply tells you the time you don't think that's deserving of praise somebody decides to live with you bring a child to your life somebody decides to even tell you directions you don't think that's necessarily worthy of praise little by little a person that forgets that praise is necessary for themselves to praise others for themselves that person will become very easily removed from reality to the point where they forget that there is even a God because if you don't praise the man that you can see surely you're going to forget praising the God that you can't see not because he doesn't have a body he doesn't but you're not not praising him because of that you're not praising him because even the things that he gives you that you can see 
you're going to justify it in some form or another that it's somehow due to your doings or your understandings and therefore I realized that the mistake that I was making was thinking that I needed to mention Rav Mizrahi in my story because it would be good for him not realizing that removing him or simply not mentioning him in the story is my lackings has nothing to do with him he doesn't benefit one way or another he did what he did and there's nothing that I can do to change that but not recognizing that even for a moment even accidentally was a failure of extraordinary proportions why because this is what happens you see when you forget to mention that part you think oh he doesn't need it you're right he doesn't need it but that's not the reason why you're supposed to mention it you're supposed to mention it because a hundred percent a hundred percent of the story is has to be told meaning what was already disclosed in order for it to be true if you only disclose 99 percent then that means that it's false 99 percent truth is a hundred percent lie you see Rabotai Karim if you have a story and that story is missing a pertinent fact it's no longer a true story now when it came to my personal story there's a lot of different things I didn't tell the whole world so that's not necessarily going to determine anything but the things that already are known to the world that's the image of the story that's the book that's the one that's motivated everybody and the reality is that if a person watches that story in one place and sees the full story in the movie and then he watches the story or listens to the story in another place and he sees that wait although in different lectures I added new information I generally never excluded information but here I excluded not just information but a key part of information where if it wasn't for Rav Mizrahi I wouldn't be here why because although I wanted to change although I needed to change there were certain tools I didn't have to change in fact if it wasn't for Rav Mizrahi in his extraordinary movie of Torah and science or the movie of the debate or the thousands of lectures that he has of which I've listened to thousands of hours of them an extraordinary amount of my life would be missing how extraordinary virtually all of it because even though my dear Rav Rav Ephraim taught me an extraordinary amount of Torah there was a certain light that was lit that couldn't have been lit in any other way you see I was learning and I continued to but you see a person needs to understand that a fire or whatever it is that you're building you can't judge what it is based on what it is now you have to look at where this is the foundation where where does it start where is that spark so if anybody remembers the story is that yes we were 
changing, we were learning, we were doing a lot of different things, but still our understanding of our responsibilities in regards to intermarriage, my wife not being Jewish at the time, that was still an unsolved issue. And the reality is that if it wasn't for Rabbi Mizrahi teaching us the significance of knowing God versus believing in God, by showing us proofs that God actually is something you can see, not in flesh and blood like the Christians think, but through his creation. That Christianity is not a second best, but rather is 100% false, man-made, garbage, idol worship. These types of things inspired us to go from the flame that we had to a fire that couldn't have existed in any other way that motivated my wife to completely change eternity by leaving Christianity and the idol worship and becoming the righteous tzaddikah rabbanit that she is today. You see, Rabotai, it didn't just change me as far as learning new material. The most important person in my life changed the religion and my decree our decree transformed from eternal genom to gan eden that's not not a big deal and even more so if that didn't happen we simply wouldn't have kids so these three little beautiful angels that i have in my house each one more great than the other each one the most precious thing on planet earth i wish i can see them more and play with them more and learn with them more but i have to also be responsible for some of hashem's kids that hashem gives me a responsible for but these three angels that who blessed us with they wouldn't they wouldn't exist if it wasn't for rabbi Mizrahi. Because we were already together for many years and we simply decided as long as we have different religions, we don't want the kids to be confused, be this, be that. Simply, we're just not going to have kids. And even though I wanted, listen, I didn't want to have a confused kid. And it made perfect sense in our crazy minds. Which means that if it wasn't for Rav Mizrahi, there'll be three tzaddikim that were supposed to be in this world not being there wouldn't be a family there wouldn't be a cure of organization there wouldn't be a book named that Baruch Hashem has inspired thousands of people so far there wouldn't be a movie that has inspired millions of people and even another movie that has changed the lives of millions of other people there wouldn't be a DVD. There wouldn't be 25,000 people that ate in, in El Israel just last year. The whole organization of Be'ezrat Hashem simply wouldn't exist. You see, you could all say, yeah, but maybe it would have happened another way. And guess what? It didn't. It didn't happen another way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent us a messenger. And then he sent us another messenger. 
and the combination of those two messengers the combination of the two angels that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent us Rav Mizrahi and Rav Ephraim we took them and we took everything we possibly can from them to learn everything we can to observe everything we can and to apply everything we can and guess what it changed our life and thereby created lives and thereby created eternities changed not just the eternity that I had and my wife had but also the eternity of many other people to exclude that from the story may seem inconsequential when we are self-absorbed and think that the world revolves around us but the reality is to exclude that from the story makes the story 100% a lie no different than the New Testament and that's why as soon as I realized how wrong I am of excluding what seems like an inconsequential small part of the story to an unappreciative person I realized I have to fix it so as soon as Shabbat was out I asked the actually I went myself on our channel and immediately removed the uh the the lecture asked the team to remove it from any place that it was published until we figure out how to fix it why because already a few thousand people have watched it Baruch Hashem it was Shabbat so it was less than typical but still it was a few thousand views from different places how do I fix showing the greatest level of ingratitude that I have ever shown in my life to the person that I'm most grateful for a person that changed my life a person that brought life into my life a person that simply changed and steered my path to hell and turned it into heaven how do I fix it how do I fix being ungrateful even if it was unintentional even if it was only for a couple of days it still caused damage why in Shemaim it went up there and says oh you're going Ruben grateful yeah right what do you mean he helped so many people such a nice guy this that no 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 what do you mean you know that guy he didn't even say thank you that one time he didn't say thank you to the guy that actually helped him go to heaven that's what it was so we have to stop it and after first stopping the damage removing the lecture we figured out that the best way to do it is to first off remove that part from that video altogether so therefore that lie doesn't exist now again according to some people say no it's not a lie just an incomplete truth and guess what an incomplete truth is 100% a lie because an incomplete truth could be missing the most critical part so we had to change it we had to remove it but then we had to make up for the part that there was still a couple of thousand people that watched it how do we fix that by doing this publicly apologizing 
תורה מזרחי. הקדוש ברוך הוא. I'm promising that without Hashem, we'll do better. We'll be more grateful. And not assume that anything we do is for anybody else. Because the reality is, the entire Torah and all of its mitzvot are only for yourself. Bezat Hashem, this too will be another lesson for all of us to learn. How to do better. Even when we think we're right. I was sure I was right. I was sure I was right because my mind said that it's not a big deal and I was certain that I was right. And guess what, Rabbi I was wrong. Why? Because I thought that the thank you, the praise, was for somebody else. When we thank somebody, when we're grateful for somebody, it's to remind ourselves it's to remind ourselves that we're human. It's to remind ourselves that we're striving to be human. It's to remind ourselves that we're not alone in the world. It's to remind ourselves that we have to aim to be better. Whatever those people are supposed to get, they're going to get, and it's not going to be from you anyway. HaKadosh Baruch is going to decide what they're going to get. That praise, that gratitude that you show is not going to add to their life. Whatever Hashem wants to give them, He'll give them with or without you. The praise, the gratitude is for you. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed us this in a Torah in every aspect. In our, in our prayer, in our Torah, in our Tanakh, in our Gemara. We're constantly praising. We're praising the sages, we're praising the forefathers, and we're praising Hashem. Now you can say that the sages need to be recognized and you should say thank you because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have a Torah that we understand and so on. And you can say that we're praising the, the, the forefathers because they were unique and they were beautiful and they were great and they were amazing. And they deserve to be praised. But what are you going to say about Hashem? He deserves to be praised? He needs a praise? No. You need the praise. I need the praise. I need to praise Akadosh Baruch Hu. I need to praise and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I need to praise every single person that has simply changed my life. And one of the most extraordinary ones was Rav Mizrahi. And still is Rav Mizrahi. We've worked together every day since I started with this Kiruv world. Whether it's his lectures or my lectures, his pages or my pages, his Balet Shuva, my Balet Shuva, and of course, I'm always just simply trying to catch up. But the reality is that there is no catching up. It's not, you know, one of those things that happens in a, uh, you could just do Kiru for 25 years and somebody can just catch up. It doesn't exist. It's like saying I catch up to Rabbi Akiva. There is no catching up. They're simply trying to emulate. Somebody is great. Somebody is amazing. Have Kinat Sofrim. Have a healthy type of jealousy. I want to be just as successful in helping the Shamot as he is. And that's what we try to do. And the most important thing that a person can do in order to achieve that is first and foremost, Titen Emet Liakov. Give truth, Emet, to Yaakov. Who's Yaakov? It starts with you. 
starts with ourselves and then it's everybody else as long as we're honest to ourselves, it will become much easier to be honest to everybody else thank you again to him, to his wife, to his children, to his nechadim bezrat Hashem, to all of his students, and to all of ours, to all of the other wonderful people that have helped us, to all of the other wonderful people that have learned with us, and even to all of the wonderful people that have criticized us. As long as that criticism was coming from a good place, and not simply criticism just for the sake of annoying us. As long as that criticism was for the sake of the Torah and not for the sake of ego, we appreciate that too. HaKadosh Baruch Hu bless each and every single one of you. And hopefully in Shemaim they'll have some mercy on us. That at the very least, we made a mistake for a couple of days, for a lecture, for a couple of... Perhaps they'll forgive us in Shemaim by our appreciation and even more so our publicity that we can all learn from it. Be'ezot Hashem. Each and every single one of us will use this as another way to connect closer to Hashem by recognizing the fact that we have to appreciate Him and everybody else that He sends our way for ourselves. Ba'uch Adonai Le'olam. Amen v'amen. One day I go on the internet and there's a recommended video for me. It's called The Debate by Rav Mizrahi. I watched this on my own and for the first time I realized that I was wrong terribly about Christianity. It's not second best. It's completely fake. It's completely man-made, has zero truth in it. Nothing. I get excited. I bring this to my wife. And I tell her, you gotta watch this debate. It's really good. It's this, it's that. She's fine, fine. It's three parts of this debate. It's like three and a half hours. She's all right, I'll watch one part. So we watched this part. At the end of part one, I'm as excited as can be. I'm like, wow, do you realize what it's done? Well, the Christian is a moron and the rabbi is arrogant. Not interested. But even though she's keeping mitzvot with me, she's keeping Shabbat with me, and she thinks there's problems with, she knows there's problems with Christianity. She always knew, even before me. The whole life, she created her own religion. After about a week of convincing and convincing and convincing, eventually I convinced her to watch part two. But still not enough. She thinks the rabbi is still arrogant and the Christian still a moron. I'm running out of options. I try to convince her to watch part three and until this day she hasn't watched it. But something changed in between. So I try to convince her and convince her and convince her and our life is becoming hell. My pain continues, the money problems continue, the government issues continue. But one new additive that I never had a problem with, which is Shlom Bayit. We never had a fight, Baruch Hashem, until this happened. Now all of a sudden we're fighting every day. Not even about the religions, just about the fact that I'm being a little bit fanatic. To convince her that there's something wrong with it. Because now that I found out it's fake, I'm not thinking about saving me or this marriage. I'm thinking about saving her. For me, it's pikuach nefesh. It's like someone's in a fire and they don't know they're being burned. Someone's about to drink poison and you have to stop them. So eventually, enough tears, enough prayer, enough studying Torah, Baruch Hashem, and less and less work. Hashem has mercy and He sends me another video recommended. This one's called Torah and Science. Also by the same amazing, but until this point, was known as this arrogant rabbi. 
So then we watched part one of Torah and Science, there's three parts. At the end of part one, we're both amazed. Whatever belief in Emunah that I had, went up 500%. Whatever belief in Emunah she had, also went up 500%. We've never seen the world the way he proved it. Two o'clock in the morning, we press on part two. Satan, as I said, he works really hard. Part two doesn't work. You go to another source, find the video, part two. Part two doesn't work, can't find part two. Of course, if you go right now to part two, you'll see part two works everywhere. But that day, it didn't work anywhere. Apparently, a very big tzaddikah was coming to Am Yisrael. He couldn't let it happen. So skipping from part one to part three was a really big stretch for me. It was really hard, my last tikkun. But I said, I finally got this girl to watch part one. She watched part two, uh, it's not working. I said, you know what? I can do it. Let's watch part three. We press part three and it works. We watch part three, it's amazing. Emunah goes from 500%. Now we're closer to a thousand. Cause you're seeing Hashem. It's not about believing in Hashem. Believe anybody, any moron can believe there has to be a creator. You don't have to be a genius to believe there has to be a creator. Even if you love science and you think everything came from some cell and it went to four cells and four cells became eight cells and somehow it became a fish and the fish grew legs and became a lizard and the lizard somehow became so perfect he became a monkey and the monkey is here. Even if you believe in that, where did the first cell come from? Has to be a creator. Someone had to put the first cell in the world. You don't need to be a genius for that. But knowing God is what Hashem commands us. You need to know that I exist. Part three helped us know. Now she's telling me at the end of this lecture, we're both on a high, it's four, five o'clock in the morning now, you know, watching all popcorn, we're having a good time, we're discovering God, it's like the greatest thing in the world. She says, listen, uh, a lot of my questions have been answered, but I still need to know that it's allowed, I still need a sign from Hashem. Now generally, you're not allowed to ask for Hashem for signs, just for anybody knows, Hashem does not allow us to ask for signs. You're not supposed to even look for signs. Not allowed. We're above the mazal. The stars are the mazal. We're above the mazal. Our actions dictate Hashem's actions. Whatever your mazal is, your actions can change it. If Hashem says, listen, right now his mazal is to lose all of his money. You do certain things, you can change it. As a Jew, you have a privilege to the rest of the world. You are above the mazal. Know that forever. So now, neither one of us obviously knew this. I need some type of sign, but she gets to a point where if anyone that's never met a convert should know that one of the reasons why Hashem mentions the convert more than anything else in the entire Torah, but doesn't just mention them. He mentions the special privilege they have in the world. He says, Jewish nation, we're, he's our father. But for the converts, I'm their father and their mother because they have nothing. When they convert, their parents are not considered their parents anymore, spiritually. Physically, they're still considered their parents. Biologically, they're still considered their parents. They're still supposed to honor their parents, as long as their parents are not anti-Semitic. So I am their father and their mother. And he puts an obligation on Ami said to love the Ger. You have to love converts, not just respect them. You're not even allowed to pressure them. Special treatment. Can't be a Jewish salesman with a convert. Problem with converts, problem that they go through, is that in between leaving the lie, and discovering the truth, or accepting the truth, even after they've discovered it, they don't necessarily accept it right away, there's nothing. There's an empty spot in the middle where they have nothing. In this world, that's Gehenom. Because even if you believe a lie your whole life, you don't know it's a lie. So for you, it's true. Even if someone thought money is the cure for all diseases and all problems and everything in the world, 
Despite the fact that it's a complete lie, as you've obviously seen from this story at this point so far, once you realize it's not, you have to replace it with something. So a lot of converts get to a very, very big mashber, a very big dilemma, a very big depression. And that's what my wife got to. And that night, she went to sleep, and she prayed to Hashem, saying, either give me a sign, or take me from this world. For anyone who doesn't know, we have an event coming up here in uh, South Florida. For anyone that wants to come, it's going to be at a uh, uh, resort called Bonaventura. For anyone that wants to uh, attend, uh, it's free of charge, but you have to RSVP. RSVP to uh, leah at bezrotashem.org.